The Dallas Cowboys signed a four-time Pro Bowl wide receiver on Monday. How will he impact the offense going forward? All that more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security. With Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, 24-7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash NFL to learn more. I am Marcus Mosher. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, what's going on, sir? Lots. We got. We got to talk about all twenty-two. We got to talk about a new Cowboys on the team. So we should uh, let's just hop right into it. Yeah. So the Cowboys officially signed four-time Pro Bowl receiver T.Y. Hilton on Monday. Um, a little bit out of the blue, but it's not totally unexpected. I actually went back and listened to a show that we did in July when you and I were talking about some of the free agent receivers, including Julio Jones, Will Fuller, Odell Beckham, and we both said. Hey, maybe not to start the year, but midway through the year, if you need a receiver, why not T.Y. Hilton? Here we are. Uh, what was your initial reaction with the move? Uh, it made sense. You know, uh, we started, uh, you know, just as people that kind of are prognosticators on the Cowboys, we saw some tea leaves that seemed pretty kind of clear to indicate that there were some folks talking about it. At well, least. I, and, I also wonder if they just saw him in the building, by the way, that this went down, right? Oh, maybe. hey, there's T.Y. Hill. Oh, look, there's T.Y. Hill walking around. Maybe uh, maybe he's getting sad. Yeah, I mean, I, it felt like his name started getting mentioned on Cowboys Twitter kind of out of the blue by yeah. several key folks. So it's like that's when it first kind of popped to my radar, and it makes sense. You know, I mean, I think once you realize that or, or you kind of got the sense that Odell Beckham wasn't an in-season option for the Cowboys, it, it became about – well, do we need an in-season option or can we wait until the playoffs and, and see if Odell can help help us? And if we do need an in-season option, do we need to consider signing somebody else or can we make it with James Washington and Noah Brown and that's, that sort of thing? The Cowboys felt like they needed to go out and get another guy. They felt like T.Y. Hilton was there, was available to them. It was a good fit for what they're looking for and what he can provide. You're talking about four games left in the season. Listen, We'll get into T.Y. Hilton, but I think, you know, the, the main kind of crux of our conversation back in July when we talked about him was how reliable could he be health-wise, right? Like, could he survive an entire season? I'm not counting on him for a 16, 17-game season. He's just not going to make it. He has skills left from what we saw the last time he was on the football field, but it's it's about having to come to rely on a player like this for a full 16-game season, which was, you know, problematic to say the least his last you know, few years on the field. But if you're talking about a half to quarter season rental with with some playoff additions on there, sign me up. I, I think it's it's a good fit again for what the Cowboys are trying to do, what they need in that wide receiver core, core. Not only just a veteran to kind of help everybody else beneath him, but also a guy that can change the shape of of how defenses are playing the Cowboys. Uh, and, and and I'm assuming it's a, it's at a good cost. So I, I like the signing a lot. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I and I'm happy that the Cowboys didn't just 
rest on their laurels, uh, having done some due diligence on Odell Beckham. They saw that they had a problem. They needed to, to identify it, and they went out and got someone who they think they can fix the problem. Yeah, and I saw the numbers from T.Y. Hilton. Like, if he hits every single incentive, um, I think he's going to make like $1.5 million this year. That includes the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. Um, I think he's guaranteed 600000 <laughs> Uh, this I'll, year. I'll pay that $1.5 million if we're winning the Super Bowl, yeah. baby. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah. I think he's guaranteed 600000 which is basically nothing. Um, it just makes so much sense for so many different reasons, right? Like, at this stage in the season, you're less worried about special team stuff because it's only for four games in the playoffs. You don't have to worry about the long-term roster construction. It also doesn't hurt that two of your next four games are against opponents that he knows really, really well in the, <laughs> in the Jaguars and the Titans. That doesn't help hurt. You have some nice weather games coming up, which also doesn't hurt considering he's really a dome player. And he's exactly what they needed in terms of just somebody else that can win in one-on-one coverage, that can stretch the field a little bit. You don't need him to play 35, 40 snaps a game, but like the 22 snaps that he's in, I think he can, get, he can give you a lot. Yeah, and I think, listen, I mean, we'll talk about the game here in a second, but I, I think you know, after watching it, the, the Texas played a ton of zone against the yeah. Cowboys, and the Cowboys needed another guy who had the kind of savvy to not only stretch the field to kind of you know give you un- room underneath the, the that kind of cloud cover to operate in the middle part of the zone, but but also a guy who can win right away who can also, you know, who's savvy enough to understand how to run routes against zone, yeah. how to sit in zone and, and make them, make himself available. One thing that T.Y. Uh, uh, Hilton doesn't get enough credit for is that he has really good hands. And I think that's really going to be a huge uh, component of this as well. Is just a guy who versus zone can find kind of open spots, knows how to sit and knows how to catch the ball. I mean, there's also this question that I've, I've been wanting to ask you is what happens to the rest of the receivers now, right? Because – T.Y. is going to be active, and he's not going to play a single down of special team. So that means C.D. Lamb, Gallup, and uh, T.Y., none of those guys are playing special teams. Noah Brown's going to be active because he's been pretty reliable, and he does play on special teams. Who are your fifth and sixth receivers? I mean – Herpin has got to be one, right? I think that you've you've got to start thinking about I mean Tolbert and and Washington as guys that are going to be sitting as inactives or 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 a roster move of some sort. That's right? what I'm like, wondering is if we don't get a roster move here soon. I think Washington like might just get cut, right? I mean, I, it would be terrible for him that he just gets back, he plays one game and then he gets cut. But I mean, that just might be the situation here, right? I, I mean, I really feel for him because ultimately his his career with the Dallas Cowboys would be essentially getting here, getting hurt for most of the season, coming back, dropping one pass, and then getting cut. Like, James Washington yeah. is probably a better player than that. You he know? definitely but, is but, a better player than but, that. But yeah. that's, that, that's the unfortunate reality of how the NFL works. But all in all, I, I, there's nothing to complain about with this, this signing. No, the, the money is low. I think he's going to be, much like Jason Peters, like a perfect yep. guy in that locker room. Look at the, the ages of some of the receivers the Cowboys have. They just don't have that one vet that can kind of help them in a playoff game, right? Like, hey, CD, this is what they're doing. Go do this. I wouldn't be surprised if he has more value on the plane rides home from the game than he does even on the field. Yeah, just on a professionalism level. I mean, just, yeah. you know, he knows how to be a pro and a, and a Pro Bowl level pro. And I think that's going to help everyone, including especially CD Lamb. 
I'm in. I just, I, I really, really like the move, especially at this point of the season. There's absolutely no risk. It feels like he can give you seven good games at the end of the season if you need him. And that's perfect for where he's at in this stage of his career. Uh, all right, let's, let's do some all 22 notes because we've got a bunch of them. We're not going to be able to get through all of them today, but uh, we want to do that. But we'll first, let's tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro, pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, they've got you covered at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, and we know that you do, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Landon, we've got a million things to talk about from the All-22, but something that I would really like to discuss with you is the right tackle play after Terrence Steele went down. The Cowboys gave that first shot to Josh Ball. I just, What are your thoughts? You, you just tell me what you thought after re-watching him play. Well, I mean, you know, look – the the hardest part sometimes with this stuff is like not having kind of preconceived notions going into, you know, evaluating these guys. Cause, and that was honestly like the issue. A lot of the issue here is that, you know, he got, it, it felt like when, when I was watching the game, he got pulled for Jason Peters and a, and a lot of that is kind of what happened. But uh, yeah, I, going back and watching it, I was surprised by, uh I don't want to say how well he played, but how not poorly he was playing, you know, up until those two obviously disastrous snaps back to back that he had. Right. Um, And, and I think that, you know, those, those, even those two snaps to me, like are endemic of. They're complicated. uh, is what I would say. Well, I mean, one begat the other, right. It's, it's, it's a situation where he, uh, and and I, I heard Brian Broaddus talk about lost losing confidence, and if you want to call it that, that's that's one thing. I think there's a certain point when uh, the chess game between a defensive end and an offensive tackle can reach kind of really critical spots going one way or another. He lost track of his of his set depth on that first disaster snap. Yep. Let's talk about the, the bad snaps first, right? He lost his uh, lost kind of his placement on the depth of his of his set. Uh, and then overset outside. So he gave the, the pass rusher the entirety of the, the inside, uh, you know, kind of in a, a reaction to realizing that his initial kind of quick set didn't get far enough and deep enough, and then he overcompensated quickly and then was able to be beat inside. Once he had done that, like, now he's thinking about, oh, I can't overset inside. You know, I can't overset mm-hmm. outside. Now i got to kind of you know, be strong on my inside post and make sure that I'm not allowing anything inside. And then what happens then he gets beat cleanly on the outside. He, you know, doesn't get almost any kind of block. Uh, and, and, and then the, the defensive ends around able to get around the corner and get a hand on Dak's arm. But, but even on that play, the quarterback didn't do him a lot of favors, right? Dak did Dak got to the end of his drop and stood there (laughs) If Dak would have just slid up a little bit, he might have been able to kind of avoid getting his arm hit. It's not excusing Ball's rep. It wasn't a good rep. But I think Dak could have done a better job of helping out his tackle there. That's fair. I mean, I think that, I think that, that you know, that you could talk about, uh, uh, you know, stepping up into the pocket. I think the other part of that, too, is that part of the reason 
Dak didn't want to step up into the pocket is because he was in the end zone at the yeah. time that he did that. So you don't want to get caught up in the wash and then accidentally trip on your offensive lineman's foot. And, you know, it's okay to take a sack at the 30, but when you're in the end zone and you fall down because you tripped over someone, it's two points and you're punting the ball. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 but you're not right. You're not wrong as far as the, you know, angle that was produced, uh, that was allowed by ball in a normal situation, you would have liked to see him set, uh, Dak step up a little bit more to, to deliver the ball. Now, having said that, we, we got, we talked about those two reps. They weren't great and they need to be better. Outside of that, like, you know, and, and, and if you remember when ball was in the game, that was during which they were doing long stretches of running the football. Part of that could have been, hey, Terrence Steele's not in the game anymore and we've got ball, so we don't need to run the ball because that's probably something that he's more comfortable with than pass protection. But I think part of, the other part of it was that they had just been throwing the football a ton before that and had not didn't have a ton of success, had had some negative plays, um, you know, before that, and and let's let's be clear. Part of my notes include the fact that Terrence Steele was having a bad game. Like he wasn't having a good game before he got injured. As a so pass protector, especially. Yeah, I mean, for sure, he was really struggling as a pass protector. Um, and so I think that that you know they they got in there, they ran the football a little bit, and and that's ball looked fine in there, and and even in the pass plays because I, I think they were using a lot more play action. They were doing bootleg stuff. Uh, he seemed fine. He was able. They they gave him some help. Uh, and sometimes they didn't, but but it felt like for the most part he wasn't uh, destroying uh, the game plan, or, or it wasn't a Chaz Green situation. It wasn't like a you can't give this guy enough help situation. Uh, and he he was availing himself. Okay, he was he was moving bodies in the run game. You know, he's playing football that you were you could win with at, cert, at a certain level. But I do think that that those two snaps that he had were problematic. I can understand the the need to make sure that you've got the best solution in there. And I think we can have a whole conversation about whether, what the best solution is here at right tackle. And, and that's probably a whole podcast, but uh, I think for the most part, uh, going back and watching it, I would say the ball didn't play so poorly that I felt like they like had to pull him desperately. I think he had two really bad snaps and they felt like they would get better play if they rotated him with Jason Peters. And I think they frankly did. We're going to find a lot about, about Josh Ball over the next month, right? Because it does feel like at the very worst, the Cowboys are going to use a rotation here, partly for a couple of reasons. One, I think they want to limit the risk of injury for Jason Peters. I still think if in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if Peters takes the majority of the snaps at right tackle, but it feels like they want to kind of ease him into that role. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also want to see I think they want to see what they have in Ball. And um, we're going to find out. Because we're going to see over the next couple of weeks, uh, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, uh, all those guys for the Eagles. And then it's the Titans with their pass rush and Bud Dupree. And then in week 18, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Like, we're going to find out quickly how big of a liability, if at all, Josh Ball is for the Cowboys. Not necessarily a bad thing, right? I think you'd rather have it this way than having some bad opponents and then all of a sudden you play Nick Bosa in the first round of the playoffs, right? Look right now, as it stands, the the Cowboys are like, I think something like 99% likely to make the playoffs. If I'm not mistaken, right. You have to make it to the playoffs healthy enough to even, you know, consider going anywhere. So in order to kind of keep Jason Peters healthy and like for the reasons you mentioned, you want to see what you have in Josh ball, 
And look, who knows? Maybe Josh Ball becomes a revelation in the next two games. It's it's. <laughs> think about the guy that we're talking about well, who just got injured, I'm guys. Say, I, I'm not. <laughs> after the way Terrence Steele's rookie season went, I'm not going to say that he can't become a fine NFL player. I'm not counting on it. I'm not betting on it. But you just never know. I, I had a lot of people in my mentions talking to me about well, how is this going to pass muster? How would a rotation pass muster in the playoffs? And guys, we're a month away from the playoffs. We need to make it to the playoffs. I need Jason Peters to play in four games before he can play in the playoffs. So we, you know, you you do what you got to do to see what well, who the best combination is, and then you, you know, Cowboys you go are still with in contention the for the number one seed. Like yeah. I know it seems crazy because the Eagles just start losing games, but. If one thing goes poorly next week for the Eagles, the Cowboys can still earn the number one seed. You gotta get you gotta get there first, right? Yeah. I, I think we still have we cannot get ahead of ourselves. Like no. this especially since this that's was everyone's complaint these last few weeks. You have to focus on what's what's yes. going on ahead of you, plan for this next game, and then try to survive to the playoff and then deal with it at that point. Uh we should also just talk about Jason Peters because I thought he was really good on that final drive of the game it's so sometimes ugly looking and his his technique is so wonky but i mean things pretty pretty good um he's just not going to help you really in the run game at all and you're not going to be able to do like that on pollard's first touchdown play terrence Steele pulls out wide and just buries a safety into the you know into the back of the end zone basically Mm -hmm. peters isn't going to do that but i think as a pass protector I think you can get by with him if that's what you need to do. Like if if Ball is just struggling so bad, I think Peters is a pretty good option. I thought Peters played frankly better than Steele overall in the, at right tackle in yesterday's game. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously it was incredibly impressive for a guy who hasn't played uh, right tackle since you know the Macarena was around or whatever. Like I mean, it's 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 pretty impressive to see him just step out there and play very competent right tackle. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. All right, let's talk uh, a little bit about the defense, Landon, b- before we uh, head out. But before we do that, we want to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. They are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download the Price Pick app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKDOWN. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. You deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKDOWN at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, let's talk about another injury. Jonathan Hankins, he has a uh, strained pectoral uh, muscle Jerry Jones said that he's going to be out for the rest of the regular season. There's a chance that we could see him in the playoffs. Based on what you saw, how big of a loss is that for the Cowboys moving forward? 
Well, I, I mean, based on what I've seen these last few weeks, I think it's a loss for sure. I mean, you know, he was playing really good football and was able to, uh, uh, you know, and, and really able to kind of stabilize the interior run defense. I, I will say that I feel like uh, that the defensive tackles since he's been here have also kind of been playing better football. And I think part of it has been, uh, you know, improvement that we've seen from guys like Gallimore um, and Carlos part Watkins. Of it, yeah, well, I, I mean, I was about to separate him out into his own category as far as I'm concerned because I think he has been an absolute revelation for this team. Yeah. I, I think the, the last couple of weeks he has started playing such great football. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, and, it, and it's a ton of little things, you know, just keeping offensive linemen off the linebackers. I mean, we're, you know, Leighton Vander Esch needs to have his own conversation about how well he played in this game too. But I think a huge part of that was his ability to kind of be free to run to the football without being uh, stopped by offensive linemen. And Carlos Watkins is a huge part of that. Can we real quick, just, and I know we don't have a ton of time, but I would love to go over these last four plays on the goal line. Yes. Uh, because yes, I think so. that, so, just a reminder, like the, the Cowboys basically throw the interception, um, and the, the 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 Texas get the ball first and five uh, uh, on the on the five yard line, first and goal for, on the five yard. Line. So the first play, D Law and Leighton Vanderesh basically stone a, a guard tackle uh, power mm-hmm. play and, and destroy it in the backfield, which clogged up the entire back, uh, backfield. And then the running back was had nowhere else to go because Carlos Watkins had basically stopped the center dead in his tracks and pushed him back into the backfield uh so thereby causing only a one yard gain second and four they try a bootleg play action uh uh uh, pass to a crosser who was that same guy who caught like 10 passes in that game yep um and uh and and basically you know he was able to get outside uh driscoll was able to get outside uh throw the ball the uh more was able to cut back inside from hooker uh, Leighton Vander Esch and uh, uh, Diggs all basically all over pursued. And then suddenly Carlos Watkins, like Leroy Jenkins, came out of nowhere in the pursuit and was able to tackle more on the one yard line, saving the touchdown and basically saving the game. We're going to talk about the next play, which was the defensive play of the game, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But let us not forget that four, three of your best players over pursued on what would have been the game losing touchdown. And Carlos Watkins came out in a hustle play and made the tackle from defensive tackle, saving the ball on the one-yard line. Third and one, jumbo personnel. They have an extra offensive lineman in at tight end who is over uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Earlier in the game, they tried to block D-Law with a tight end, and it did not go well. So they tried to do it again, but except this time they made an offensive lineman a tight end. Guess what? Bad idea. D-Law beats him cleanly on a swim right right off the bat gets in the backfield, was stumbling, but managed to lunge towards the running back, bring him down to the ground. Huge two-yard loss, one of the biggest plays of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, just uh, I'd love to hear your comments on what you were thinking when you saw that real quick before we move on. He did it again, right? He it's did this just, exactly against the Lions in almost the same situation where the Lions had a chance to take the lead, and he forces a fumble at the one-yard line in that game. Tank is just he's a winning player. Like that's yeah. just the best way I can describe it. Whenever you need him to make a big play, it seems like he's the guy that does it. Absolutely. Just like a closer in the best possible way. Think about right? in the playoff game against the lions when he was a rookie, right? Yep. I mean, he it's where it started. He fumbled the, he fumbled the ball 
and everybody were were making fun of him. And then what does he do? He closes the game with a, a, another strip sack. Like it was every such, time Dallas has needed a big play, he's there. It was such a turning point in his career, right? Mm-hmm. Like he fumbles that ball, and you're like, and 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 if you remember at that point, he had been a real disappointment because he was a second round pick. He had not, had not gotten on the field. He kept on being injured, and we're like, is this yep. guy even worth it? Suddenly, he saves your entire playoff game, and since then, he's been one of the most clutch players mm-hmm. on your team, and one of the most clutch players in the NFL. If you look at it. Finally, you get to fourth and three after that uh, that huge loss tackle, and basically Watkins wins instantly on a on what looks like a counter option play. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a very odd looking play where they they faked one direction and the quarterback ro- uh, rotated back the opposite direction to run an option play. Watkins ran so won so quickly, and because it was like there was that kind of counter action where the quarterback turned to the backside of the play first, he saw Watkins win instantly and was coming right at him. So when he turned around to run the option, he felt Watkins chasing him on the in pursuit on the backside. And I think that he just basically abandoned the pitch play because he didn't think he was going to be able to to pitch it, just decided to try to cut back upfield, yep. and he ran right into the Cowboys waiting arms. I, I thought that that series really showed you just what this Cowboys defense yes. was all about. And I, and I, and I really wanted to point it out because I think it really shows you how valuable a guy like Carlos Watkins is, you know, yes. maybe he didn't make those specific plays, uh, you know, on, on, on any one of them necessarily, but he was a integral part on every single one of them individually. And that's, that's just, you have to have performances like that for the down roster. And you need those guys, right? Like the guy 41 on your roster that just makes one or two big plays to help swing a game. Carlos Watkins has done that for a few years now. So it's nice to see. I've got one more thing on DeMarcus Lawrence since it was announced that he, he fractured his foot and he was dealing with a knee injury. Okay. Since then, which was, I believe in week 11, He's the second highest graded defensive end in football, only behind Miles Garrett. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, he That's has, crazy. I mean, <laughs> he has 10 run stops in the last four games. And that's by far yeah. the most. I mean, he's been absolutely phenomenal. It, I, I just, I can't say enough about how, how good DeMarcus Lawrence has been this season. We talked about it last week, right? We talked about how he had five run stops by himself and how crazy that was. He had five more this game. I it's know. totally nuts. So, yeah, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence playing a, a, as good a football as anybody in this in in this uh, on this team right now. So, uh, absolutely. Really quickly, back to that fourth down play. Do you know who made a really good stop? It's Anthony Barr on that final mm-hmm. play. He, he was, was, he, right was at, he was the guy right there that was waiting. He was for right the guy and. It was like once Driscoll ran into him, he like ran into a wall. Like he did yeah. not move at all. And that's one of the advantages of having somebody like Anthony Barr. I thought he was a little up and down in this game, but when you needed him to be in the right spot at the right time, he was there and he made the play. And and you know what? To to, to kind of speak onto his counterpart, Deron Bland, man, I mean, I saw a play mm-hmm. that was like absolute linebacker perfect, perfection on one of these toss sweeps outside where he weaved through traffic like he was some kind of slalom skier going between poles and was a uh, beeline straight for the linebacker for the running back and made a tackle for a loss. These linebackers are playing at a, a really high level. We, we should, we can't even get into Leighton Vander Esch because I could do a whole show yeah, just on awesome. how great Leighton Vander Esch played this last week. But I think that these, this linebacker play has really made a, a big difference. And I think, you know, look, we're going to miss Hankins. There's no doubt. 
but the improved play of guys like Watkins, of Gallimore, Oso Diggy Zua had maybe his best game. We we, we talked yeah. about him. Yeah. And and the improved play of these linebackers, I think that alone hopefully can you know help mitigate some of the loss you're going to feel from losing a guy like Hankins. And Bohana, we cannot mention Bohana. Yeah, Bo- Bohana. Bohana looks almost like a different player now. It's it, it's crazy. And I would have to imagine he's going to see a lot more snaps over the next uh, you know few weeks because Hankins was playing. I'm looking at it right now. He was playing, you know, 27 or you know, 15 to 27 snaps a game. Played a little bit more than that early uh, on the year, but I think they're going to need Bohana to play 22 snaps a game moving forward. And Watkins, Watkins will get. I'm assuming he's going to get a a, a bump in his number of snaps as well. But Bohana yeah. and Bump, Watkins, I think, will be the two guys to really take over. Just one more player, really, really quickly. I know we're running out of time, but J. Ron Curse. I, <laughs> I mean, I thought. Before the game, there was a chance that he could have been out for the year with the way that he was being carried off the field. And what does he do? He comes back and plays one of his best games of the season. Like, J. Ron Curse was phenomenal uh, in, you know, tackling and coverage. He was just really, really good in this game. And I don't know if there's a team in the league that has three safeties they feel as comfortable with playing with the Cowboys right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, just there's so many different types of formations that you can run that uh, are for, you know, uh, fundamentally sound that are X's and O's sound uh, because you have a safety who it can hit like a linebacker who can cover like a safety. Uh, it, it just gives you so many options. You know, now that's the other part of like the Cowboys run defense. They're able to put down three tackles and, and have, uh, you know, two, two other linebackers and then basically have curse function as a linebacker. If it's a run play Donovan Wilson, function as a right. safety or as a pass game. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you, you're really lucky to have a couple of different guys like that. And, and Mukwamu being able to come in and play at, at that size too is just another luxury of having guys like that kind of body size. Do you know Donovan Wilson leads all safeties and stops by like 10 right now? <laughs> it's incredible. He's yeah, our third safety. Is. He leads all safeties in big plays basically. It's, it's nuts. What he's just a big. Play. He's a big play machine. Look, uh, you know, it's funny because, I mean, I'm sorry. I know we have to go. No, you're good. Th- that's, that second touchdown – Look, he's got to play that ball better. I mean, he was oh, in yeah. position. Yeah. He saw the ball. He just mistimed the jump or or jumped poorly. I I, I really I went back and rewound it a couple of times and I, and I couldn't figure it out. But literally the next series, he puts his head on the ball carrier's arm as as he's trying to grind out a first down, and then as the the ball carrier is trying to gyrate more motion, Wilson's got his head on his arm, and so his 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 arm just goes. And he and, yep. and the running and back just throws the ball basically behind him right to an awaiting uh, uh, hooker. So you know I, I think it's um, you know it's just real. Oh, sorry, it was a hooker? It was Diggs? It, it's just one of those things where he just generates plays, yeah. and, and it's really impressive to watch week in and week out. I mean, again, he's your third safety, and he played yeah. sixty-one snaps in this game. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you mitigate, like you know, like some of these losses, these corners too, right? Is you're playing more of these safeties and kind of being able to play them in nickel roles and stuff like that. It's you know, it it helps to have depth all around. It it helps with a lot of this problem solving you have to do. Yeah. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, all the same places that you would download the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Check us out over on YouTube. Tomorrow, we'll be back to answer your Twitter questions. 
We're going to get into some more of our all 22 yeah. notes. We have a bunch of them. We didn't get to get to all of them today. Uh, so please, please, please send your questions in. We're going to answer the best three on air. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you guys next time.